All right, and welcome back to the StatCast with your hosts, Harrison Friedman and Sam Greenman, and joined for the first time in studio by Daniel Maltz, who is also a BU student. Daniel, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Daniel, sophomore here at BU, proud journalism major and avid Yankee fan. Oh. Pleasure to be on Ugh. the podcast. I was not aware of that. You're a Yankee fan? Yes, I am. I thought it was a Mets fan. No. Oh. Crazy? That would have been more fun. I mean, you've had you've been to this you've had the same number of World Series wins in this in this decade. That's actually true. fewer appearances. That's, yeah, also, that's true. also true. Yeah, but well, yeah, this is definitely going to be an AL heavy pod like it usually is. Um, we're going to be talking some free agency. Unfortunately, the big guys Cole Strasburg Rendon have not quite signed yet, but we did have one big signing. We're going to be talking that about that. But first, Milo Hamilton. Swinging, All right, and welcome back to the StatCast. So, first thing on the agenda, the biggest signing of definitely free agency we've had so far, bigger than anything we really had by this point, I would say, last year or even the last couple years, is Zach Wheeler to the Phillies. Sam, why don't you start us off? So, Zach Wheeler signed a five-year, $118 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, he Phillies were not the highest bidder. That was the White Sox. They bid $120 million on him. Really? Yeah. And the same thing happened with Machado. I'm pretty sure they had the higher offer that they lost out on him. White Sox are definitely willing to spend. Like, we saw they paid for Grandal, who was probably the best catcher in the market, might be the best catcher in baseball. And they, what was what, four years, $75 million, somewhere in, in that range? 73. 73. So the White Sox, they want to get better. The one issue that they've had is they're – I think we've talked about it on the pod before, is they're really bad at developing prospects. Like, you have Yohan Moncada, who went to the team. You had Michael Kopech. They both went to the team in the Chris Sale trade. They were both, I think, top 10 prospects in baseball, maybe the number one hitting, the number one pitching prospect, even at the time. But they haven't been getting better. The White Sox is a team. Yeah, I was about to say. Moncada had, like, was, like, top 10 in war this season. He had a fantastic 2019 season. Top 10? Maybe among rookies. His war was 4.6. If that's not top 10 in the league, that's definitely top 10 among second basemen. I didn't know he was that good this year. I thought he he had, like, a decent season. I didn't know he was a I'm pretty sure he hit, like, 310. He had 315 with a 915 OPS, finished 21st in the MVP voting for whatever that's worth, significantly cut down on his strikeouts, and you can't forget the fact that the kid's only 24 years old. He's still got plenty of time to develop. And I think if you want to talk about the White Sox ability to develop prospects or the lack thereof, I think that really is only concentrated to their pitching. I mean, you look at a couple. You look at how Ro- they remember Rodone. Where's, yeah. Where, yeah, where the heck Rodone was supposed to be the best had have the best slider in baseball, and he might still have it, but he sure hasn't been able to use it very well. I mean, his slider only looks so good because every time he freezes a hitter with it, it's because of bad umpiring when they call balls strikes. Oh, uh, there's some, there's some great, there were some great gifs of him when he was in college, just making pitchers flail away helplessly. I mean, that's in college, but it was still like a 70 at least grade slider when he was coming out. Where did he go to college? He went to college, NC State. Right? He's a Wolfpack guy? 
Yeah, I think it's NC State. Wow. I remember that. Okay, that was, oh, what a draft that was. Yeah. That was the Brady Aiken year. <laughs> yeah, when Carlos Rodon is the best of the top three pitches drafted. Yeah. You know who the other guy was? You know the number two guy was? It was Tyler Kolek. Oh, do you even know that oh. name? I do. Yeah. He, he was with a press play with the Marlins, right? Didn't, yeah. he reti- didn't he retire from baseball? He might have. He was like 6'6", from Texas. Nolan Ryan's like pet project. He could throw 100 easy, but he was wild <laughs> as hell. And so, yeah. The Astros, so was Nolan Ryan. Yeah, but except Nolan Ryan figured it out and Tyler Kolek. He, uh, he didn't exactly. Let he threw set. Listen. He's the all-time yeah, leader in yeah. walks. Yeah, but he's also the all-time leader in no-hitters. And strikeouts, but like. With Kolek, he unfortunately he was too hittable, with like and so Nolan Ryan at least was able to get to the big leagues. Yes, in his first couple of years he was pretty bad. He was pretty embarrassing, but he eventually figured it out and became and is also the all-time leader in strikeouts as well as walks. So, yeah. yeah, listen, Nolan Ryan was the biggest freak of nature to ever play this game. The fact that he didn't hit the league's injured list once until he was in his early forties is something that I don't think we ever saw before him and we'll probably never see again. Yeah, an absolute workhorse. We don't, like Justin Verlander might be your definition of one of those guys today, but we saw how we did in the ALDS on just three days of rest. Mark Burley was the original workhorse. Hey, well, white, and White Sox guy. Yeah, white so- Mark Burley back in the day was quite a guy. <laughs> Let me tell you. Mark Burley. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he got by throwing 88-mile-an-hour fastballs that, if you didn't locate it, Two no-hitters. Yeah, but at the same time... That's two out of his, what, 400 Major League starts? Burley was, was like a, another Maddox kind of guy. Yeah, except Greg Maddox was elite. Mark Burley was just an innings eater. Mark Mark Burley was... I, would, I wouldn't say innings eater. Mark Burley think, finished do you think he's near the top of a couple of Cy Youngs. Okay, I wouldn't he go He never won far. one, but he was very good pitcher. He finished in the top five once, never ranked any other season. He was pretty good. He, I mean, he threw a, what was a perfect game. Yeah, and a no-hitter. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's worth about five cents in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's a memorable moment, sure, but how many guys who have thrown perfect games are in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, Burley's not going to make the Hall of Fame. Never. But what was he on? Was he was on the World Series winning White Sox team, right? Yeah, he 05, was on the yeah. 05 team. He was on, he, I think he was the best pitcher on that team, wasn't he? Okay. Was Javier Vasquez on the team by that time? I think it's him, Danks. Danks yeah. wasn't on the team in 05. Danks, wow. It was Burley, Freddie Garcia, John Garland, Jose Contreras, and yeah, Burley El was Duque. The, yeah, Burley was definitely the ace of that team. I don't think anyone's ever going to go around calling John Garland an ace, but yeah. Oh, that that's a staff full of. I feel like that's a staff full of thirty-four year old pitchers. It sounds like it's a staff full of Arizona Diamondbacks. Is what it sounds like. Actually, I, Yankees. I would say only one of those four pitchers at that time was over the age of thirty-four. Yeah, but then wait till. <laughs> Wait till they're, they're 34. <laughs> but they turn 34. But no, uh, whatever. White Sox, I like what they're doing this year. I hope I hope that more teams do it. I like what the Reds are doing. I know Sam... I am ecstatic. ...is a huge fan of the Bright Future Reds. That's a that's a decently deep lineup that they've got. It's kind of scary. Like, Orisa's Aquino, you're finally going to get a full year of him. Uh, yeah, they... I don't think that's a good thing. I... Listen. As much as I want to believe in him. Hit him seventh, he'll hit some bombs... He'll, I mean, he'll be kind bomb. of exciting. But I, I mean, feel like he'll turn, he'll, best case scenario for him is Chris Carter. Best case scenario is Chris Carter. That's oh not good. good. Yeah. 40 homers a year in this. 40 home, 40 home runs batting your weight with 220 strikeouts. You're okay with that? Yeah. Chris Carter, like 40 home runs in a really good year. I think he did that once, maybe twice. There was one like. He really disappeared. Yeah. 
you, if you're if you're gonna try to say that a play that a, a young player's peak is Chris Carter, can okay, maybe maybe, maybe give me Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is a guy like who can hit the ball 500 feet and has kind of finally started to figure out how to like take walks and hit singles. Because didn't he Joey Gallo hit a, a hundred home runs before he hit a hundred singles? That's yeah. true. Which is insane to think about. He he was actually really good last year until he got injured and missed the rest of the year. But yeah, but if you're gonna just talk about those two guys, the difference is that Joey Gallo is a fantastic fielder with a cannon for an arm. And Chris Carter had a cannon for an arm. He just was kind of lumbering. Yeah. I, I I've he played no he played some left field. I, I remember those days as an Astros fan when I, they were right, deep in the awesome. doldrums. I haven't heard a single thing about how Aristides Aquino can play defense. And if you look at how he's projecting for a full season, he's on pace for about 35, 40 walks and 170, 180 strikeouts. Yeah. That's not that's not very good. Yeah, but, uh, but this... did I not say that that's that's almost Chris Carter esque? Yeah, Minus yeah, walks. except that I I think you know Chris Carter Arist- didn't walk that much. Aristides Aquino is younger. He's an outfielder. He and might be able to put something together. He can make contact more than once a week. But other. Okay. In a division which really is going to be sort of up for grabs, the Cubs seem to not be trying very hard. Like they seem they to, can't. Yeah, they seem They're to. They're so locked up with so many ridiculous contracts, they have no they, financial yeah, flexibility. They really, they really can't trade. The Between Astros, you, Darvish, John Lester, Tyler Chatwood, and Jason Hayward, that that right there is enough Tyler to completely ha- to completely handcuff you. Yeah, there's looking at trading Wilson Contreras to the Astros. Yeah, I saw that. Which, for whatever reason, someone on ESPN said the Astros should trade Forrest Whitley for Wilson Contreras. That's right, not happening. Well, how many years <laughs> they of control? Trade does... for Real Muto. Well, if Wilson Contreras, Contreras has was sixteen. He has four years right. of team control left. I would make that. Trade. Yeah, but those are all arb years. So, so Forrest Whitley might be a top of the rotation kind of guy. Those might. Yeah, but those don't come around Wilson every Contre- once in a while. Wilson oh, Contreras is a, while. is a proven starting catcher. He's a solid defender. You know that he can hit. He can play four or five different positions on the field. And you could control him for four years. You're going to tell me that you don't want that? You could re-sign Robinson Chirinos, get Mm, three quarters of production for half as long, and keep Forrest Whitley in the potential uh, of that. Chirinos is eight years older, has way, way lower of a ceiling. And a lower floor than Contreras. At the same time, though, Chirinos has a history with uh, Verlander now for a year. He's got at least some with uh, Granky. He knows the Astros staff. Do you really want to give... Like, that's not the kind of prospect you want to give up for someone like Wilson Contreras. They right. w- weren't willing to give him up for Real Muto. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. I feel like the Astros are in the loop of the, the Maldonados and the... Wow, I'm blanking. And the Torinos is of 20 home runs, like 60 RBIs, and I'm like perfectly, 230. I'm Martin per- Maldonado is way worse of a hitter. Yeah. Well, no, I'm he, saying like he's about a half step up. up he's about a half of a step up from Sandy Leone offensively. Okay, let's the not, only thing let's, going. Let's, hit, let's not go after Sandy Leone. Why? Because, <laughs> because he had that one half year where he somehow hit 310. Yeah. He's also a World Series champion. Yeah, but since then he's come crashing down to earth, and now Chris oh. Sale needs to find a new personal catcher oh, if oh. his left arm still works. Yeah, I just no, wanna... our Red, us Red Sox fans, like we fully accept that he's a guaranteed out every time. Yeah, like we, but he knows how to catch Chris Sale. Yeah, and Chirinos is a great catcher for Justin Verlander, which is all you really need. Yeah, like, but listen, obviously Ver- Contreras is a Contreras is a better player than Robinson Chirinos. He's under control for longer than Robinson Chirinos. But at the same time, I don't want to give up someone like Forrest Whitley, especially 
with the Astros farm system and the state that it's in, just having been sort of gutted of all its upper middle class tier of prospects, like the Zach Greinke trade, I would not do over again. You're you're seeing what's happening to the Red Sox after we took out every single high-level prospect. Exactly. It gave us that one year of, hey, look at us. We won the World Series, and now we're looking at maybe a long rebuild. Exactly. That's the issue. The Astros, what they should have done is sign someone like resign Charlie Morton instead of not even offering him an offer sheet. But that's water under the bridge. They have Granky. But so because they have Granky and they're not going to get those prospects back, you want to keep the prospects that you have and try to rebuild your farm system. They're actually very good at developing players, maybe better at developing hitters than pitchers, you might want to say. McCullers is really their only success story as Ke- far as the Dallas, Ke- Dallas Keuchel? Dallas Keuchel is sort of a success story, but he was already... Sort of a success story. But he was already almost young. at the majors by the time. Like, he wasn't a Luno guy. He was an Ed Wade guy. Yeah, and that was sort of like... Yeah, obviously the Ashes are very... Here, my personal theory on the Ashes is that they're very good at unlocking uh, hidden stuff, like Josh James. Josh James, if no one find out, finds out his sleep apnea thing, he's definitely not throwing 98 as a, thir- a 34th round pick. But they, what they haven't been really good at doing is developing their like first round, second round, third round guys, the guys who can really contribute, outside of McCullers. Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman. Hitters, hitters, I have nothing I, to I complain mean, about. Bregman wasn't originally the Astros pick. No, he was. Wasn't he our pick? No, Bregman went number two. Who was our pick? Didn't which year? Bregman was twenty fifteen. It went like Swanson Bregman, um, God, someone I forget. Miller, Swanson trade. Then uh, then there was Dylan Tate to the Rangers. Oh, number three was Brendan Rodgers to the Rockies. Number four was Dylan Tate to the Rangers. Then we got Kyle Tucker at five. I feel like that was a comp pick. It wasn't a comp pick. It was okay, a comp I'm pick. I was going to get off. It was a comp pick because we lost the Brady Aiken. Okay, yeah. The Brady Aiken. He didn't sign. Yeah. Right. Okay. Alex Bregman was never a Red Sox. Red Sox. I don't know how that works. But yeah, the Astros hitters, I'm not going to complain about, but pitching prospects are so hard to develop. Chris Devensky is a guy who, like, yeah, they kind of made, he kind of made it there, but then didn't really last much longer than one year. Joe Musgrove is a guy who was like, yeah, he kind of made it there, but he didn't really last longer, and he wasn't very good when he went, hasn't been very good in Pittsburgh. I disagree with that. He's been fine. He's, but he's been serviceable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he's been a, he's been a guy that you can trot out there for at least 25 or 30 starts. Yeah. He's had he's had his ups, but he's also had his fair share of downs. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for the Houston Astros, they're kind of locked into this position of having older starting pitchers that you're kind of being forced to keep their same routines around. I mean, you have a 37-year-old Justin Verlander. You have a 37-year-old Zach Greinke. Uh, who else do they even have? I mean, McCullers, hopefully... You have McCullers. Peacock. You have Peacock, who's been kind of eh. You have Josh James, who you're still trying to stretch out as a starter. The Astros definitely need to go into free agency and sign an, a starter this year. But, the, like, and while you can hope it's a Garrett Cole, it's not going to be a Garrett Cole. No way. What's more, what I was hoping, kind of, was that it was going to be... Who's the guy signed with the Rangers? Kyle Gibson. I was kind of hoping it might be like a Kyle Gibson type. But it's going to end up, it's not going to be Kyle Gibson, but it's probably going to be a Kyle Gibson type. No, you'll do better than Kyle Gibson. Who are we going to get? Cole Hamels is gone. Wheeler's is off the market. Why not Bumgarner? Why not Strasburg? We're not going to get Strasburg. <laughs> You're not getting Strasburg. The issue with Bumgarner is that he's going to be kind of expensive, and he's, again... He's going to cost the same as Zach Wheeler. He said he wants to stay in San Francisco, too. Yeah, but, yeah, but the Giants aren't going to pay him. Yeah. He also should not cost the same as Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler is a better pitcher than Madison Bumgarner. That is well, okay, not that's true. a hot take. That is not true. Zach, Zach when Wh- has Madison Bum- Bumgarner actually been a legitimately good regular season pitcher? Um, Every now, single season from 2010 to 16. How many ERAs does he have, like, under three? How many times has he been, like... How many does Wheeler have? Again, Wheeler, 
has a lot of potential you can kind of build on. Bumgarner, it seems like you know what you're going to get with him, which is going to be like a four-ish yeah, exactly. ERA pitcher. His ERA, ERA. his ERA has only come close to four once. Check his, his road ERAs because he plays in the one of the top two pitchers parks in all of baseball. All right, I'll I'll check I'll check this out. Yeah, but e- either way, these last two years, his average road ERA is in, is like five forty-ish. That's really not good to see, and especially in Minute Maid Park, especially with Justin Verlander gave up more than half of his home runs, uh, half of his runs on home runs this past year. That's why, he, yeah, his uh, yeah, but so did every pitcher because the balls were juiced. And Major League Baseball broke yeah. its previous home run record by over almost six hundred dingers. The balls Wait, might be fixed though, but they might be we, fixed. They better be fixed. And the let, playoff baseball seemed just fine. I know, which is so crazy. And by the way. For his entire career, Madison Bumgarner's ERA at 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 and T Park or whatever they call it now, two point seven two on the road, it's three point five three. Yeah, that's right. It's Oracle Park now. Oracle yeah. Park. That's what. Is it really? Three point yeah. five three is still very very good. He's good. That's but better he, than Zach Wheeler. What has it been the last couple of years though? Uh, let's see. He's only he hasn't been healthy again. Here's the, here's the he thing. He made thirty four yeah. starts this year. He made thirty four. St- I thought he was. Yeah. No, no, he was a last, workhorse. He just. Was he fine? Still, he still is. I mean, this past year he's a workhorse. Yeah, but I mean, Madison Bumgarner. Like, if you want, I would love Madison Bumgarner to be like my fourth starter, or even my third. Fourth starter. starter. Third starter. Third starter. Third are starter. You, are you joking? But he's not an ace. That's. But he is. He is not an ace. He is a hundred percent an ace. I'm sorry. What is your definition of an ace? Because we might have thirty aces in this league, and Madison Bumgarner is an ace. A pitcher who is dependable, and every time he takes the mound, you have a lit. You have. A higher chance of winning than anybody else on the team. With him on the mound than anybody else. I mean, he's the guy who, when he takes the mound, you have the best chance to win. He had a so, very. So you're saying that there's thirty exactly thirty aces in the league. No, there's plenty of teams out there that don't have aces. But Bumgarner was dependent very, on the team. Bumgarner was very good right around the trade deadline, which made for a very interesting uh, decision by the Giants. Which is oh. basically. We can't trade him because we might make the wild card, even though they didn't come close to it. No, they didn't trade him because yeah. they were going to ask for an entire team's farm system. Because of if they wanted to trade him to a playoff team, then they know what kind of a playoff pitcher he is, and they were going to try and complete. They were going to try to milk every ounce of a farm system. How do you know how good of a playoff pitcher Bumgarner is when he hasn't been the the playoffs since 2015? Um, well, you can 2016, look, 2016, sorry. Well, you can look at how he performed in the 2010 and 12 World Series. You can look at how he carried the San Francisco Giants to a World Series in championship 2014. in 2014. You can look at how he shut out a yeah. white-hot New York Mets lineup in the 2016 Wild Card game. If there's he probably has the lengthiest successful postseason pedigree of any pitcher of the Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee, best postseason pitcher of all time. No, Kurt Schilling's the best postseason pitcher of all time. But that's it. Uh, all time? That's a hot take. It's not. I feel like it's not. Cliff Lee as the best postseason pitcher of all time is also not a hot take. Well, because it's just wrong. How is it wrong? How I, many World Series did Cliff Lee help his team win? Zero. Yeah. Every playoff team that he was on lost while he was on it. He lost in 09 to the Yankees with the he lost with Philadelphia in 09 to the Yankees. He lost to the, the Giants in 2010. With Texas, he never made another World Series. The issue, the thing about Cliff Lee though, is that he was like Mike Scott back in 1986. He's the guy who you just pray and pray and pray doesn't get back to him because if it does, you know you're losing that game. That's what Cliff Lee was like in the playoffs. He's the kind of guy who you like. If Madison Bumgarner is like a gun for hire for the postseason, Cliff Lee is like the elite version of that. Madison, oh, I don't think he's. he's I, a, I think they're on a very similar playing field. 
as far as maybe not, like, fine. Maybe not the lead version. That's a little. That's a little. Uh, maybe that's hype, might be hyping him up too much. But Cliff Lee, back in the day, was very, very good in the playoffs. He was until the World Series, when it mattered the most. How often was he even in the World Series? Only twice. Yeah, he was on the, with the Rangers. He was there in 09 and in 10. Yeah. And for every other playoff team that he was on throughout his career, which I think the only other team was the 2011 Phillies. Uh, was the he Yankees. on the 2007 Indians? Yes, he was. Or he, that might have... No, I'm pretty sure he was hurt. Yeah, no, that, that year, I think that was... Because he didn't start a game that year. I think that was the year that he was hurt. My point is that, you know, Cliff Lee was a fantastic regular season pitcher, but nine out of ten times... He could have taken your team to the World Series, but once you got there, he was not the guy who was going to bring it home for you. That's it was, uh, was Halliday. I think no, that's sort of Roy a Halliday also. Though. Roy Halliday also. He he lost in 2011 a big game five to Chris Carpenter. He got outdoored by the Cardinals. I miss Chris one Carpenter. The, no, one of the biggest what if seasons, the 2011 Phillies. Yeah, it's facing the similar situation. That was the best starting rotation yeah, of, the two, with, of the 21st with, century. Uh, Oswald. Um, who was? <laughs> <laughs> who, I was gonna who say are the you? Astros. I'm going to say the Astros. Which Astros? Last year. 19? 2018. 20, 2018. That was uh, Verlander, Cole, Morden, Keuchel, McCullers. Those, I, would they didn't the go, ele- I would take the 11 yeah. Phillies over they didn't that go, team in a heartbeat. Not like in a heartbeat. That, they didn't go like out of five. turn once until August. Wonderful. I don't think the 11 Phillies did either. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. I think the Astros have the most strikeouts of 2018. The Astros have the most strikeouts, strikeouts of all time for a rotation. Congratulations. And the lowest ERA of all time for a rotation. Okay. That's true. That, that's I would still. Stat, but like, here's I the would, thing. I would still take the 11 Phillies. I would take the 11 Phillies because I feel like all five of those pitchers could regularly put up 200 innings. That four. Joe Blanton's the fifth. Oh, that's right. No, we, <laughs> in 2011, it was Vance Worley, not Joe it Blanton. It was Vance. Oh, right. They thought it was going to be Joe Blanton. Rex it ended up being Vance, Vance Worley. Yeah. Joe Blanton was hurt for most of 2011, and he was terrible. He also yeah. did a home run in the World Series at one time. Yeah. No, listen, if I, had to, if I had to take a top three of Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Charlie Morton, or Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, and Cole mm-hmm. Hamels, the first thing that you have to say right out of the gate is that those are two very different types of trios. The Astros trio is the type that has the best blowaway stuff and it's three they, guys throwing 98. They will beat you strictly with their stuff. The Phillies guys are Well, Verlander guys. will beat you with anything he's Bo- No, I'm, I think he's saying boomer bust, strike out or home, or home run most of the time instead of like but it's reliable. Not, but it's like, not like a one-for-one one kind of deal. No, it's but like, the, what, 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 it's racking up 14 strikeouts it, and maybe a solo home run. But what, made Clip, but what made the 2011 Phillies, their top three, so unbelievable is and that Oswald. they... Don't forget Oswald as your number four. Roy Oswald was, was fine, but he was not in the same class as the top he three He wasn't guys. as good as he had been. No, but what put what those three guys were able to do that the neither the 18 or 19 Astros pitching staff were able to do two big things. They didn't walk a lot of guys, and they gave up no home runs. The Astros also didn't walk anyone. The home run thing, I'm, I think we're okay blaming the home runs on the balls that were... Okay, Verlander, Verlander may not have given up, what do you give up, 38, 39 home runs this year, but, you know, Roy Halladay in that 2011 season, he pitched 233 was, innings and again, gave up 10. I agree that is a top two rotation of the 2010, of the, of the 21st century. I'm not sure which one I would put number one, though, and I definitely wouldn't say it's a blowout. But speaking of Roy Oswalt, the guy he got traded for to go from the Astros to the Phillies, Jonathan VR. Oh, just got non tendered. We have. Yeah, he's gone. And then he to, got traded. He's, he's gone to Miami. one of. Yep, we have a lot of non tenders of really good players this year. Really good players. That's well, not I really good players, but like. VR could go to a worse situation. 
but he somehow did. The Mariners are going to be good. I don't know what you're talking you about. The Marlins? Marlins. No, the Mariners are not going to be very good. You're right about Mariners that. Mariners are the only team left that's never made a World Series. Trader Jerry got 200 trades. 200 people traded. 200 people traded. That's yeah. right. He's, he already broke 100 trades. He traded 100 players. Oh, yeah, no, I know. He, he, yeah. he traded Malik Smith. But, like, these are some of the guys who have been traded. Blake, uh, not traded, non-tendered. You've got Blake Trinan. You've got Steven Souza Jr. You've got CJ Cron. Even Tim Beckham. I mean, Tim Beckham's not that great. But. No, it's for, it's, listen, just for those four, Blake Trinan, Kevin Gossman, Addison Russell. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Gossman's falling off the hill. That's, well, Kevin Gossman turned his season around when he became a reliever with the Reds. But Blake Trinan's last two seasons looked like night and day. He was the best closer in baseball in 2018. He couldn't get anybody out in 19. Very Steven, much Edwin Diaz-like. Very, but Edwin Diaz didn't get non-tendered. No, because, because he has a Blake Trinan... Well, Edwin Diaz is still under team control. Edwin Diaz is 25. Blake Trinan is 31. Yeah. And is an arbitration-eligible player. Steven Souza Jr., I can't remember the last time he's been on a, he was on a ball field. It has to have been at least two years ago. It has to have been at least three years since he was productive. I mean... I understand why I understand why all these guys get non-tendered. Yeah. It's because they're either constantly injured or they're constantly non-productive. Tim Beckham, Tim Beckham. Domingo Santana is good. It's just that the guys. guys Domingo Santana is a decent hitter, but VR he, might have been the best player on the Orioles this past year. Oh, he without a doubt was. No, nah, the Orioles had a couple of underratedly good hitters on their team. Okay, they I agree. They have Mancini. They had Alberto who hit over yeah. 300, and they had uh, Nunez who hit 30 home runs. I know. They listen. The Baltimore Orioles, the 2019 Orioles, couldn't pitch their way out of a paper bag. They broke the record for home they runs. They had what's given. his name? They had their their John rookie. Means. John Means. Yeah. John Means was okay. He was yeah. He was fine. Listen, the Orioles the Orioles gave up a, the Orioles gave up a hundred home runs to the Yankees alone yeah. en route to breaking the I think they broke the record for most home runs given up in a season in July. <laughs> so listen, Baltimore had a had a few decent hitters, but Yeah, but they, they had a few decent hitters and Jonathan VR was, might have been the best of them and he could play a decent shortstop and a decent third base. And he's he also stole pretty fast guy. Forty something bases. Yeah, he's a fast guy. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying he... I'm sure he's going to have a fine season in Miami, but Jonathan Villar isn't that the type of addition you make that turns you from a tanking team to a winning team. That takes you from, oh, let's say 60 wins to 65. Because that's he's about where... He's not a five-war guy. He yes, four he is. last year. He is actually a five-war guy. He played in all 162 games, scored over 100 runs. And, and he was like a, what, a four-ish war guy? Maybe was, his best season. It was four. It was four. I mean, like, he was... Along with Moncada, one of the most underrated uh, yeah. players in baseball. But at the same time, that's sort of the issue. Of, uh, that's sort of what's happening in baseball right now. You have a lot of guys who like are decent, might get you like a win or two, or maybe in the case of like Br Santana, like three or four wins. Especially is like Dom- Domingo Santana on AL team is actually decent. Yeah, except that Domingo Santana is a right-handed hitting, swing happy, undisciplined DH caliber player who's not a good enough hitter to want to keep in a lineup every day. Plus, he can't stay healthy. He, yeah, I agree. He's kind of he's, Listen, he's worth taking a risk on. He'll hit, you know, he'll hit 250, 260 with 20 or so dingers, but that's not impressive anymore. That's that's average. He was leading the league in RBIs for a while. Yeah. Congla- congratulations. That was during the first two weeks of the season. The no, only was, two no, weeks was, where the Mariners were good. I think it was like good. the first two months. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, it, look at how far it got the Mariners. They've still finished. They finished last in their division anyway. I don't think that was Domingo Santana's fault. But yeah, I, obviously, I'm not trying to say it was his guy, fault. But he's he didn't not help a guy. The team. He's not a guy you start every day. But at the same time, Santana's a decent player. VR's a decent player. It. I don't like that. There's these teams are basically. There's so many teams. I guess taking the side of like the Ashes and the Cubs. It's like, oh, let's just. 
tank until our eyes bleed sort of deal where we don't have anybody who's going to cost any amount of money. It's saving money, yes, It's but what exactly is the goal there? There, I mean, listen. Every like, like every no, every team teams is, don't go over. Like teams don't turn around and suddenly go over the luxury tax. Teams even like when the Yankees are acting like the Moneyball A's, you know that you've got a problem. Well, the only reason that the Yankees sort of acted like the Moneyball A's in 2019 is because it was out of necessity. When you have 30 Man. different players Man, accumulating 39 total I mean. IL stints, you kind of have to go all Moneyball A-style and go fishing on the island of Misfit Toys. Go through the trash heap and hope you find a hidden gem. And, then and they didn't... Here's they, a Mike Talkman. Here's, here, a, here's a Mike... Mike yeah, but Moore. my issue is more in like... Gio the, Urshela, Cameron, Mabin. The list goes on. Yeah, of, that, but that's... A, at the same time, that's kind of getting a little lucky. What My issue is when the Yankees are cu- turning the Moneyball A's as in they're not spending a lot of money in free agency. Maybe they'll sign Garrett Cole. Maybe they will, but there's not. It's not, because they're they not going don't, back to the Steinbrenner days of spend a bunch of money to try to be the best team in the world. Because I don't really, even though they can, because those contracts never turn out to be worth it. Yeah. And to be honest, in the last few seasons, the only, you know, the Yankees' biggest issue is starting pitching. That might as well be nailed to their foreheads. That that's yeah, that's they the could have gone out last year and signed Patrick Corbin. They didn't want to give him six years. Patrick Corbin helped the Nationals win the World Series this I'm year. I'm not trying to say that if he I'm, wouldn't have been an impactful addition to the Yankees team. 28 flags fly forever more than 27 flags fly forever. Yes, but Brian Cashman has been doing this for a long time, and he knows the type. He He's very much trying to do the opposite of what George Steinbrenner used to do. He doesn't want to throw money at everything that moves because you get stuck with a lot of contracts that you may not like. I know that he ended that he helped the team win a World Series and all that, but CC Sabathia's contract, they was an albatross. It was an absolute albatross. A Rod's was even worse. Mark Teixeira's was terrible. So far, was A Rod's that bad? Absolutely. Ten years, two hundred and seventy-five million. When you're yes, like A-Rod. thirty something. It was oh, I'm not the, the first A Rod contract. I'm thinking the first A Rod contract. Oh, the first ten two fifty-two. No, that one was. I mean, listen, that was still ridiculous because it was the first of its time. Yeah. Nobody was making deals like that, and there was a reason for it. And then for the Yankees to throw another 10 at A-Rod when he was already in his 30s. That was kinda, a dumb one. That was a dumb one. It was not the dumbest contract that the, they've given out. Yeah. That has to go to Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh, I'm my sorry. gosh. Well, the yeah. only, and the only reason I will put Jacoby Ellsbury's contract over A-Rod's second as the worst Yankee contract ever is because at the very least, A-Rod gave the Yankees three productive seasons during the contract and he put the team on his back and helped them win a World Series in 2009. Yeah. Jacoby Ellsbury had Has he one, played? No. He played since He's had one, he had one okay season with the team in 2014. And even then, that was his best. He never played anywhere near as well as he did in Boston. For the final three years of his contract, he was a walking hospital bill. So much so to the point that they've released him and are trying to do their best they're not to, to pay him. trying to the money. Yeah, they're yeah, trying he's, to... He's trying to get the, the money that... I think he's trying to keep some of the money because the Yankees are saying no, we don't want to we don't think we should have to pay the rest of his contract. Yeah, because well, the he's Yankees not trying don't, to get better. Well, the Yankees don't want to pay him the rest of the contract and they're trying to say that he used he went to a doctor that w- without telling the team and they're going to try to use team, that as grounds. To, and what was it like he got a surgery that he wasn't supposed to get kind of thing? Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what all the details are of what exactly the Yankees are accusing him of, but when you are a professional athlete making a $143 million contract, you need to let the team know what you're doing to your body. If you go behind the team's back and do something that the team doesn't know about or the team would not have approved of, that's 
ridiculous. I agree. I think the Ellsbury thing is a serious issue. And you, but but, but my, I think they probably should get the money back. You can understand though, based off of how Brian Cashman and the Yankees have had to have had a lot of duds with their big contracts. You can understand why he's being a bit timid with trying to hand out contracts to certain players. Patrick Corbin is only a year younger than Jacoby Ellsbury last season when he signed. You can understand why he didn't want to hand out a five-plus-year deal worth a similar amount of money. The last time he did that, a player gave him one half-decently productive season and spent essentially the rest of the time on the shelf. Jacoby Ellsbury became... You can't not spend money ever again just because one guy hurt you real bad. It's not that... But it's not that he hasn't been... Because of that, would you not sign Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole... So that's what I want to get to Yeah. Do you think the Yankees will... You know, sign either of the big fish, Cole or Strasburg. If you're a Yankees fan and you know that your team has the money, you can't blame the luxury tax or Alex Rodriguez or what's or Jacoby Ellsbury because the the at the end of the at the end of everything, the goal is to win the World Series. If you're saying, "Well, we saved ourselves fifteen million dollars in twenty twenty in twenty twenty five, then that's great. Except I'm happy for you. But I, you want to win the World Series. You have got to keep in mind that we are not talking about fifteen million dollars that will be stuck on the shelves for the Yankees in twenty twenty five. We're talking about thirty to forty million dollars, which will be stuck on the shelf if they go after a guy like Garrett Cole. Do I think the Yankees will pursue Garrett Cole heavily? Absolutely. Do I think they will drop what? Ever amount of dollars he wants to get him? Absolutely. What I think is going to be, what I think is going to cut off the conversations and what's going to be the reason the Yankees don't get Garrett Cole is, is the, years, the years. Is the years. Garrett Cole, yes, he's right now one the best of the, pitcher in baseball. He is the second best starting pitcher in baseball right now behind Justin Verlander. He's Fair. only 29 years old. Yes, but that's not super young. He has had a couple of injuries in the past. Now, the last two years, he's been as good as ever. And just like with Zach Wheeler, when you're at your best will play a huge role in how much you get paid. Would you rather give Cole 10 years, uh, $300 million, or 7 years with $35 million a year? I would give him 6 years, $240 million happily. Okay. I would pay him more than a million dollars a game happily if he wanted to come to the Yankees and he and only be there for, six, for years? six years. Because that's the same it's the same deal. But at the, but at the same, same time, the bottom the line is the more important one if you're Garrett Cole. Let's say you have a deal for six years two forty, but you also have one for seven and two sixty. They're gonna go after the highest money. Exactly. The highest, are they it, going depend, at, it depends on who going after the highest de- per year because again if it depends on who offers per year. Highest guarantee. It depends on who offers it depends on who's offering him those deals. If it's down to if it's between if it's the, the Yankees and the Dodgers, then those are two teams that you know are both going to be in contention and try and paying to be in contention. Yes, but if it's the Yankees and the Angels, a huge difference maker is going to be that the Yankees are going to win now. As of now, Mike Trout's gonna be on well, congratulations. The rest of the team, the rest had, of the team is in exactly con- in great shape. Exactly. The the Angels don't have a bullpen. They think that trading for Dylan, Dylan Bundy Bundy's are down. is the first step in the right direction to turning that pitching staff around. If Dylan Bundy pitches more than 50 innings for them, that's already That's a not even the problem. It's, 30 it's innings. That, it's just, it's Dylan a Bundy sucks. door of 16 starts of a 5 ERA for every starter on the Angels. Dylan yeah. Bundy sucks. He's probably one of the biggest draft bust pitchers of this decade, he was a number one overall pick. He was not two- a number one overall pick. He was picked right after uh, Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer. Fine. He was a <laughs> he was a top three pick in what was two thousand. That's definitely 2000, two uh, different people. Two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. Twenty eleven. Twenty. Wait. No. Yeah, twenty eleven. Because 
No, it had to have been 2010 because 2011 at the top of the draft was Danny Halton. Danny Halton. Danny Halton went pick. number two in 2011. Oh, was that the Strasburg year? Strasburg, Strasburg was, was 09. 9. No, Strasburg oh, was, was nine. Harper was Harper, Harper was, was ten. Yeah. Danny Halton, Harper and Machado were ten. Danny Halton was a number two pick. Yeah, I don't think he was. Number was it eleven or twelve? Might have been. He might have been fourth. No, Danny Halton was definitely number two. Then Bauer might have been number three, and Bundy number four. Let's do some investigation. I think it was 2011. It was Cole, Holson, Bauer, Bundy. Should be right on that. Do we do we think it's Bundy's fault that he was? He's been injured the whole time. The Orioles. It's definitely not his fault. The Orioles developing has just kind of been horrible. Um, that is the understatement of the year. Name me one pitcher who Scott Casimir who came up with the Baltimore Orioles. And immediately had success there. The trend with the Baltimore Orioles is that they have a lot of guys that they will trade Gossman, away. Gossman and Bundy were both guys who should have been Gossman like should Bundy. have been the, but the weren't. front of their rotation for the next ten years, but they weren't. Should have been, but weren't. The Baltimore Orioles, for whatever reason, specific examples are escaping my mind. But, but I know that the Orioles have had this trend, not just in the last two or three years, but in the last decade, where every time they try to develop starting pitching, that pitcher succeeds. Tillman. Either when he Chris l- Tillman. Ubaldo well, Jimenez? No, Ubaldo Jimenez was a train wreck when he yeah, he never succeeded. Jimenez was decent at some points. He was decent with Colorado, and that was before he blew his arm out. Yeah. But... I think he was made a World Series star when he was 20. At the same okay. time, they were always hitting was good enough that they did have... They have one of the highest winning percent, before this year at least, of the 2010s. Which is kind of crazy. We, yeah, I mean, that's but just... But with that, that one World Series appearance to show for it. Is World the Series appearance? They were in the playoffs a lot. They never made a World Series. I know, without, without one World one. Series. Oh, without one. Okay, yeah. okay. No, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs a lot. I mean, they made the postseason in 2012. They were the wild card team. 12, 14. 15? 16. 12, 14, and 16. Made the ALCS in 14. Did they make it in 15? No. No. 15 was 15, was 15 was the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Oh, right, right. Least. They were very, they, but they were, were very good for several years in a row. They, yeah, they except almost that beat the Yankees in 2012 in the ALDS. They bl- they've Are you sure blown they didn't make it in 2013? No. Yes, 2013 was oh, those the, Red Sox. Yeah, those Red that Sox. Was the yeah. Red. Also, 2011 draft, it was Garrett Cole, Danny Hul- Danny Hudson, Trevor Bauer, Dylan Bundy. There we yeah, go. Yes. I knew it. Then George Bubba, Finger then, was number 11, Bubba Starling was in the top. Bubba five Starling was 5. Rendon was 6, Lindor was 8, Baez was 9, Springer was 11. 11. Jose Fernandez was 14, remember, yeah. remember in peace. Sonny Gray was 18. Colton Wong was 22. It was a great draft. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Except Dylan Bundy and Danny Holson. Pretty sure all. Uh, Mikey Matuk. Yep. Oh, I remember pick. him. He's in uh, Tigers. Sounds like a hockey player. Yeah, he kind of does, but he's Tigers right now. Yeah. Then, ah, 2012, my favorite draft. But anyway. Getting Listen, back on the subject. Garrett, Garrett Cole is going to be the most targeted free agent all summer. And I think that... Winter. I, winter. This is not the NBA. I said summer. I meant winter. Um, <laughs> there we go. I mean, I, I think that for a, lo- a lot of teams are going to be... I think teams are going to be more cautious than we think about trying to sign Garrett Cole. He's, without a doubt, the greatest free agent starting pitcher of all time. But you've got to take it with a grain of salt how hard he has worked... Granky was, was very, very good when he was a free agent. 
Granky was coming off the best season of his career, yeah. and were it not for the fact that Jake Arrieta had an immortal oh second Oh my God, half, that's, we talked about that. Were that it not Cy for the, Young were it not, was an Zach, insane oh yeah, race. Zach Granke yeah. had a one... That was the year where Jake Arrieta won 22 games with an ERA in the 1.7 yeah. range. Granke was, was 1.66, yeah. and Kershaw struck out 301 batters. Yeah. That was easily the most ridiculous 300 monster race for the National League Cy Young. I've never, we've probably, never seen something like that Probably before. ever. And were it not for the fact that Jake Arrieta went undefeated with an immortal second half. Wasn't he under one in the second half? Granky would have won the Cy Young that year if it wasn't for for good old Jake. Yeah, yeah, and also Granky went on the scoreless streak of like, I think it was 40-something in. in. He came very close to Hershiser's record. Yeah, that was an insane year. But Zach Granky was 31 years old when he signed that deal. He wasn't 29. And especially nowadays, given the fragility of pitchers, those two years make a huge difference. It's I why think, it's why Steven, I think it's worth it though. No, it's I not. Th- if, if, you think the diamond- money isn't that money shouldn't be that important if your goal is to win a title. Sure At the it, end of the day, sure like be. I don't know, some teams are gonna be like, yeah, well, we saved all we saved all this money, and we have it's one not a postseason ma- appearance to show for it. It's not a matter of saving money. It's a matter of getting stuck with money down the road when the guy you're paying is washed up, and you're used to the Chicago Cubs are the textbook definition of this. It's worth it. Yeah, I How know. How is it not worth it? They if won, you're a Cubs fan. They won a World no, Series and their dynasty extreme case, is extreme case. No, it's Cubs. not even an extreme case. They won a World Series, yes. They broke the drought, yes, but considering how good of a core they had in 2016 and how young of a core they've had three years later, only three years later, they want to break it up. They want to trade Contreras. They want to trade Chris Bryant. That's ridiculous. The issue is because they made bad choices with their starting pitching, and they're starting, and also people just kind of hit a wall. Like exactly, like but you're, you're validating my point that th- it doesn't really matter. You get what- unlucky. It doesn't matter if you spend a lot of money. If you don't spend a lot of money, the way that the Cubs built their team was basically we're going to build our hitters through drafting them, and we're, we're going to sign free pitchers. agent pitchers, and they did a really good job of that, and it mostly worked out for them. I don't. The deals that they have, yeah, they're kind of bad. But the bigger kind issue, of bad, they're horrible. Yeah. The bigger issues is that their hitters are about to hit free agency, and they knew that they're what they're. What is it? I think is Rizzo on a big deal. No, Rizzo's is very team friendly. Okay, but Bryant is about to hit free agency next year. Present twenty twenty one. I'm pretty. Sh- I think Didn't, it's next. Was, no, Rizzo. So, Remember, he Brian was the is, one that started the whole, like, we're yeah. going to sit him out the first 20 games so that... I know, he's not, so because they didn't want to make him a Super 2 player. Yes, you so, can, yeah. It's, 20 it's 20 games. No, no, not Super 2. Super 2 is in June. They didn't want him, uh, they wanted to get the extra Arbier. Yeah. Yeah, that's what a Super 2 player is. No, Super 2 is different. Super is two, it Super 2 where you have you get four years of arbitration because you played the entirety of your rookie season? Uh, no, Super 2, let's see, there's a difference... One of them is the, the contract is longer. The contract is longer if you don't get called up till April. There's a date right around like middle of June, I think, which I think is Super Two, which your arbitration starts one year later. Super Two player. It's either you get three years or four or versus four years of arbitration. Super Two, I think it's only three years of arbitration. I to could quali- be wrong. To qualify for Super Two designation, players must rank in the top 22 percent in terms of service time among those who have amassed between two and three years in the majors. Yeah. So if you play two full seasons, you're a Super Two player. The issue, there's, there are two there are two dates. Super two there's, is there's all an, of, there's an April Super, date and there's a June date. Super two is all about service time. The reason they're both about they're, they're both about service time. Okay. Well, it, I know about one of them I, determines how many years you're arb eligible. The other one determines how many you, years you're under contract. Yeah. When you'll be a free agent. And they I, super two is the one that gives you four years of arbitration. Right. Instead yeah, of three so, years of arbitration. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. There you go. But, but I mean. 
the cup the cubs are such a sad story because of all the years of tanking they had to go through and how well how slowly but how well they revived their organization got all the way to the top 100 wins won that world series it's going to come crashing down just as quickly if you yeah. look at how it's gone in the three seasons since they won the World Series. Horribly under 2017, they had a solid year. They won the division. They were nowhere near as good, but they won the division, still made the playoffs. 2018, they they had to, you know, they barely, barely made it into the playoffs after they won game 163, and then they got... No, they lost game 163. Yeah. The Cubs lost on, on, that's their home, right. on their home field the two but different here's a That's right. That's right. Here, but, a... And, and then in 2019, they were barely over 500, and now all the bad contracts that they're stuck with are getting older, and they want to break their team down. The Cleveland Indians are the same way. It's yeah, just that they, it, the Indians aren't stuck with Indians so many l- bad contracts. They just suck. Yep. And they are also not willing to spend on their fra- the, who should be the guys who should be their franchise guys in Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez because, well, because they'll have they to see that uh, in front of them they don't have the, what it takes to win so they want to they want to blow it up and try to trade them for prospects yeah so Which, they can have Clint Frazier back from the Yankees yeah here's my here's my issue with teams doing something like that when the Astros and Cubs were doing it I want to say that it was worth it because nobody else was doing it nobody else was tanking to the degree that they were and that's why it really worked, and that's why those teams are actually doing really well. But other teams, they haven't really been able to make it work that well. Like, are you we sure that the Marlins and the Tigers and the Orioles and God knows who else, like the Blue Jays, they didn't ever really bottomed out. They're, I don't know about that. They were like they've been bottoming out the last two or three years. They've because been they're bad, the, but not like they're historically the, bad the same way that the Tigers and the O's have been. When everybody is doing they've it, very, how worth it is it? They've been underrated. The, the the Toronto Blue Jays have been underratedly horrible the last couple of years. They have not. They don't even. They don't have a single modicum of pitching, and almost all Trent, of they have Trent Thornton. They have Trent Thornton, Mazel Tov. He's got like an ERA of five and a half, and a lot of their he young walk guys. And a lot of their a lot of their, out. a lot of their young hitters. Are, you know, I like their young develop- hitters, though. But you they actually like- have young hitters who are in the majors and are going to be on the team for the same amount of time. If yes, you're but- someone like the O's, you're like, you're really banking on Adley Rutschman. If you're the Tigers, you're really banking on Casey Mize. I like te- when teams do what the Reds are doing. I like when teams do what the Diamondbacks are doing. Which is what? Which is What they're doing is they're trying to develop their players. They're, that's where they're concentrating everything. They're getting guys if they need to. And at the same time, they're replenishing their farm system if as yes, needs but the, be. Yes, but the difference between teams like the Reds and Diamondbacks versus the Tigers and Orioles, are it, it, the difference is that teams like Cincinnati and Arizona have enough talent on their team where they're able to win. They have, they have wasted... The, they, they've wasted so, the Reds have wasted so much of Joey Votto's career yeah, because they, have, because they haven't sad. been able to develop a pitching staff and they weren't willing to spend the money on it. The Arizona Diamondbacks wasted the entirety of Paul Goldschmidt's career because they made the playoffs. What I think they were, they made it as a wild card team in 2017 when they got. Unfortunately, JD- they got stuck in a bet hard division. They got stuck in a division where they just got stuck in a division where the, the Dodgers NL West were- that has made the play has made the World Series five times this past decade. Yeah, and how many times have they won it? Three. Well, okay, the Giants. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm talking about, the, Do- the Dodgers and the Giants. Yeah, except that the it's, L.A. Dodgers have won the National League West seven years in a row, and they found a way to lose in seven different ways. At Dave, Dave Roberts every found different, a way to lose. At every Dave single, Roberts at the Dodgers is Grady Little. That's my take, and I'll, and I'll stop being my take. 
I mean, it, they, in, fire in grade, the they fire grade a little. They beat the Yankees the next year. Completely, completely different team. Hundred percent different team. It's a completely that team still won. Nine, what ninety? Grady Little, they won like ninety-five plus games. Yes, but Grady Grady Little is memorialized for one particular Dave, bad, yeah. really, really bad in-game choice. Dave Are you Rob- sure Dave Roberts isn't? Well, it's the problem with one. Dave, <laughs> no, well for Dave Roberts, it's not one game; it's five years where he has been blessed with the team that has the highest payroll and one of the top three. They got most the Rays talented. guys to make their team better. Yeah, Andrew Friedman's been there, but... Farhan Zaidi was there for a while. Andrew Friedman hasn't spent more than $55 million on an out of on an out of town free agent and more than $90 million on an in-house free agent. When you are... Yeah, but the team has spent an inordinate amount just on investing in the Latin American market. They spent so Congrats, much... Congrats, what's yeah, it doing okay. for them? They still can't win a World Series. Yeah, but at least they can get there. <laughs> what's... It's like... <laughs> Harrison, no, what, Harrison, no, no, no. Answer, no, no. Answer me this. Answer me this. What do you? Is there anything you can think of that stings a baseball team to its core more, more than, than making than making it to a World Series, knowing that you are the number one or number two team in the entire league and losing it, not just once but twice of in a row? Of course, it's horrible. They're like, there's nothing they're, they're not worse, and there's nothing halfway that the, to Do- the Buffalo Bills. The Dodgers haven't done anything to really change up their organization and try to change their luck. They keep making the playoffs. They keep losing in the playoffs. What can you expect? They weren't expecting Kenley Jansen to suddenly fall off a cliff. The Dodgers right now are looking at signing Garrett Cole and not getting rid of any of their guys. The Dodgers He's not really... going to fix anything. Yeah, that's... What do you mean he's not going to fix anything? Dave Roberts because... is still there. He doesn't know how to use oh, a yeah. oh, David oh, Rob... I think Dave Roberts David should be Roberts. fired. Dave... Dave Roberts should be fired. That's I, I mean, to be honest... But if the, I, what if, the Dodgers are the... doing, you can't knock them for what they're doing because they're... Are trying their sure damnedest. What what else should the Dodgers have been doing? I guess maybe they should have hit on more uh, relief pitchers. Like the Giants they did a great be. job this year. Exactly. You're you're ans- you're you're going against yourself. They should have. But, they should have been much more active in trading for bullpen pieces, having known throughout the entire first half of the season that it was their weakness. They but should. The, they should have the asking tra- prices though. Have you, the asking you, prices are in they have, they have such a. What if a, they trade for the guy in the Pirates? Then what happens? Felipe Vasquez. Yeah, Felipe Vasquez, the guy who diddled a kid. Okay, that's a different. But it's a different story. But that. But, that, but, but the Dodgers were asking tra- prices they were still high. Too high. The problem for the Dodgers. Um, why would the Dodgers not be willing to part with their Gavin Lux? No. Why would they want Gavin Lux? Well, is who let me, the well, Pirates are asking for Felipe well, Vasquez, and he was finish. the best guy on the market. Let me finish. Why would they not be willing to part with any one of their enormous surplus of outfielders? They have six or seven major league ready outfielders on their team, some of whom are still young and have upsides. Why would you not want Jock why, Peterson? Yeah, honestly, because you need Jock. Depth. That's what they do. They put the Jock they Peterson have, is they expendable. Get more, they get more outfielders than they. Jock Peterson is also kind of hard to trade right now. Why? Yeah. Because he yeah. wasn't that great. This, You're not yeah, gonna best season of the year this year. No, you what? could. You would have to piece him best together with one or two prospects. Then. But you could. You'd have to piece Jock Peterson together with one or two prospects. But the the LA if if the LA Dodgers had two choices right now, fire Dave Roberts or sign Garrett Cole. Fire do Dave both. Ro- no. That, Why not? That's, that's not an you option. You can't. You're the Dodgers. You have enough money to do both. If you have enough money to that's sign Stephen Strasburg. That's not the point. That's not, an, that's not an option. You, you what do you are, mean that's not the point? You are do the, you want the best collection of talent on your team? 
they've had that. Matter. The collection of talent doesn't matter. They have had. You can make collection can, of talent doesn't matter. You can make the case. Have you seen the, the teams LA- who have been in the World Series the past several years? The Boston Red Sox in 2018. That was not the best collection of talent. Well, Jackie Bradley Jr. Season, Steve Pierce got super high at the same season, time. Yes, it was. That was a, an immensely talented talent? team. Not performance, talent. Dodgers ha- were more talented than the Red Sox. The Red Sox Maybe. performed no. better than the Los Angeles Dodgers did not have a bullpen. Even neither less. did the Red Sox. No, people don't understand that. That was the luckiest World Series ever. Because, oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Because you guys reason- were biting your fingernails every single time Craig Kimbrell stepped out of the bullpen. No, it wasn't Craig Kimbrell. It was everybody else. No, it was especially <laughs> Kimbrell. No, the, no, it was it, Craig. It was every- the only reason. Yeah. The only reason that Craig Kimbrell didn't get ripped in the headlines of I every did, single oh, postseason game is because every save he got, the Red Sox were up by more than one run. He surrendered a run in almost every one of his appearances. It's like a Ken Giles against, deal. Well, ex- when Ken Giles won the, the Ashes in 2016, right, So here's my theory. Closers don't forget how to pitch if they're not in a save situation. Yeah. That, that's literally what Ken Giles was. And for Ken Giles in save situations well, on the Astros, his ERA was like under two. In non-save situations, it was... Like four and a half. It's the same thing with Kimbrel, but also Kimbrel just fell apart. Yeah, but at the same time, relievers are fungible. Relievers don't make any sense. What teams have been doing that has sort of worked in the playoffs in the last several years is use their starters as relievers. That's relievers very are, high risk. It's oh, high, I know, but I it's, it's impossible. The past two years. I think relievers are very hard to figure out, and the people who get it right are very rarely good at it. They're lucky. A.J. Hinch was like, oh, A.J. Hinch is so great at using his relievers. How about them what Yanks? Ha- when what happens in 2019? That's literally... The what? Yankees have... Yeah, the, the Yankees... No, they no, have no, a no, 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 no. They just need to get to hold the on, hold on. later in the game. The Yankees did not lose to the Astros in the 2019 ALCS because they didn't pitch well. They didn't hit. They had countless opportunities. Now, I... They didn't have a very clutch hit in Game 6, but their reliever blew it. Yeah, I mean, so what? I mean, Aroldis Chapman threw one bad pitch, and Jose Altuve pounced on it. That's not the point. The Yankees had opportunity. Once again, a closer in a the non-save Yan- situation. Exactly. Yeah. The The Yankees had opportunities aplenty to win Game Two, and their offense did not show up when the when they folded in Games Three and Four. And while the offense was folding. Things got even worse when the pitching had two rough games. But I guarantee you that if the Yankees' offense had woken up earlier in that series, and if the team was fully healthy throughout that whole series, i.e. Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Hicks... You can say that about any team, though. The Astros were had a terrible yes, offense most yeah. of the Rays series. The Astros had a terrible offense most of the Nats series. That's not true. The Astros slugged The Astros slugged their way past the Rays. They didn't pitch their way past them. The, Ast- no, the Astros... I mean, Garrett, fine. Garrett, you had, you have to They go got with... Verlander, and then they got cold. Yeah. Who? The Rays. The Rays. That I... was literally the quote. He said, we got Verlander. I, yeah. I still think that the most glaring example of I offense the, being to blame the Dodgers fa- belongs to the Yankees. Personally, I think the Dodgers have done a great job building their team. Yes, I think they've done a fantastic not, job yeah. building it. They've done yeah. an awful job using it. And that's why I think that it's that's not fair. worth it to sign Garrett Cole. I think the it's Dodgers... worth it to both sign Garrett Cole and fire Dave Roberts. Why not but both? But they've already committed to not fire Dave Roberts. Unfortunately, not going to fire Dave Roberts. So do the next best thing and sign Garrett Cole. They no, don't, you're never going to be locked into money. They don't need him. Yeah, but Garrett Cole might be the best pitcher in baseball they don't during at least the first five years of that contract. They don't don't need him. Why he, not? There are. I guarantee. Why not? They still have a serviceable Clayton Kershaw. They still have. Kershaw's only going to get worse. What are you going to do two or three years from now? You'd rather he'll be off the books. Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg are not going to be. Fr- Steven Strasburg is a Pitcher. much more logical signing for yeah, the Dodgers for anybody, than, really. than why? Garrett Cole he's so because young. Strasburg is thirty-one years old. No, he's what? not. Wait. Oh yeah, he is. Want to bet? He is because he came out of college. 
three years of college at San Diego State in 2009. Don't forget, he's been in the major leagues for 10 seasons. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was, 20, he was 21 in 2009. That's right. Yeah. No, he, he was 20 in 09. He was 21 when he came up. Okay. Uh, no, you're probably right. My, my bad. Not the point. Steven Strasburg Who would am I fit. thinking of then? Garrett Cole's only 29. Zach Wheeler? So is Zach Wheeler. No, there's a pick. Hyunjin Ryu? No, no. no Madison Bumgarner's younger than you think. Bumgarner's 29. Yeah. Bumgarner's younger than you think. That's the weird one. It always gets he's in the same somewhere else. I don't know. I no, but here's why. The Jacob DeGrom stuff was weird. What a, well, I mean, oh, DeGrom, yeah, you, you shared me with it. DeGrom, DeGrom would be on his way to being a first ballot Hall of Famer if he didn't come up so... At it's like 25, 26 years old. He came up when he was 25, which is such a shame because you can argue that he's been one of the five best right-handed starting pitchers in baseball during that time. He has back-to-back Cy Youngs, and unfortunately... He compares really, really well to Clayton Kershaw's first six seasons. His first seasons compare pretty much the same. The issue is Kershaw yes. came out of high school. Kershaw was five years... Him. Kershaw yeah, came up to five the years younger. He was 20. But anyway, Steven Strasburg is a much more logical addition for the Dodgers. Tell than... me why. Garrett Cole's been better. Yeah, except that Steven Strasburg is... He had his most dependable season the last few years... Uh, Garrett Cole didn't. I'm Garrett not, tra- I'm not trying to say that. Tw- Steven Strasburg, you will have to commit to for less years, and he will cost you less. It will be all- very close to the same, though, because first of all, no, don't forget who. Don't forget that, that you Steven have- Strasburg signed the largest deal in the history of the MLB draft. He- Scott Boris is not- because he was that good, and he remains. Well, Garrett Cole's better. But- yeah, Garrett sure, Cole's but- better. But here's, here's the di- here's and that's why here's- he's going to get less money. Here's the big. It's di- not like that much less that it's worth it. If it's oh yes, it is. They're not going to get anywhere million, near the same. They're not getting anywhere. If it's five million less a year, there is no difference. Over six or seven years, that's thirty million dollars. Garrett Cole is going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred and fifty to three hundred million dollars, and Steven Strasburg is going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of one fifty to one eighty. He should get more than that. No, he should not. He is thirty-one years old. He's much more injury prone. I'd sign him somebody's, for a few. Somebody's going to get him seven, seven for two hundred or something. And like they will regret that the second they put they that sign on the dotted that's line. What, that's what he's going to be asking for. He's yeah. not going to sign. For it. He's I, not. Th- I don't think. I don't think he's literally going to look at any offer that's less than two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Then he's an idiot. No. Then he's smart. No. He's, he's worth it. it. Worked for Machado. It worked for Harper. Yeah. They. He, except that Manny and Bryce are position players who have had a whole lot less injuries in their and careers, they and they're 26. five years younger than Strasburg. Machado has had two. Had two. Had bad injuries. Machado's had bad injuries. He didn't. But he still got three hundred. He's had a couple of bad injuries. And Harper but, had an up. Like he was. Harper's been inconsistent expect. every single year. Steven Strasburg has shown more Pitcher, than Bryce are Harper. So mu- Pitchers Cole are so has shown more, more than Manny Machado. Pitchers are so much more fragile. You cannot judge free agent then pitchers you should and free su- agent Then you should the pay way. more for the pitchers who aren't. No, about, you, should, Grank- you should do the Price. opposite. Granky and Price, they got paid over $200 million. You think? Strasburg- How's that working? I'm fine with it. You're, uh, you're joking. First, I, I wish Granky was getting... Granky might be worth $10 million less. But David Price is the reason. David, David Price, Price, I would not be happy with. Like, Granky, I'm fine with. Okay, then oh, I really? guess it's a hot take that I'm happy with David Price. Yeah. I guess it might be a hot take that I'm no, happy you, with Zach Granky. You shouldn't be. Why not? With, you he's should not, not be done, happy he's not with not David Price. not done as bad as you, as you think he has. He has not been worth $31 million a year. No, I don't care. No, but nobody is worth what they signed for. Max Scherzer is worth every penny. Max Scherzer's Clayton got a Kershaw weird deal. Clayton Kershaw has been worth every penny. Clayton Kershaw's been tailing okay. off. I don't Fair, care. He's still. But if this, you know what? Justin he's only Verlander just has been t- worth every penny. Now there's a guy who's been worth every penny. Max Scherzer's been more worth. Yeah, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Well, Max Scherzer has a smaller deal. Seven years, two ten. Two ten. Seven years, two ten. Fourteen years, two ten. What? Okay. Deferred well, money. Yes. I, that, that, I don't, I don't care about that. that. Doesn't matter. Max Scherzer is the only pitcher thus far who has signed a seven-plus-year deal of that magnitude, who has proven to be worth it every step of the way. He's been yeah, a top. Been one of the best pitchers in baseball. 
He might he, have been the best pitcher in baseball the past five years. Yes, but that's over a longer period of time, and Steven Strasburg has not been there. This is how I kind of view it, though. Right now, we have a dearth of legitimate MLB depth right now. That's And the free agency market has been kind of showing it. You have guys like Harper and Machado who are getting insane amounts of money, but also, but also they're worth that amount of money because you're not going to get somebody else like them. People are willing to overpay for guys who are at the top of the game. It's kind of what we've been seeing in basketball, where the middle class gets squeezed out in favor of younger guys and superstars. Steven Strasburg is a superstar. He might not be the level of Garrett Cole, which is top two pitchers in baseball, but he's easily a top ten pitcher in baseball, and every, other, every few seasons he's going to be top five. I, and that's I, why I... But also, can we go back to Zach Wheeler? Is that, because I think Zach Wheeler is going to be the next Garrett Cole. Oh, please. Yeah, that's... A, he's... No. Do you know who the most... Okay. I know that his second... I his know similarity that his, score his, is clo- closer... The first person he's closest to is Garrett Cole. In what? In simi- Basically, in his it's pitch, uh, his, pitcher, his pitch profile, like what he throws, how fast he throws, uh, the spin rate on his stuff, the stuff that he has... That here's something I want to tell you with Zach Wheeler. What Zach Wheeler has, th- he basically throws um, the same pitches as Garrett Cole does. He's got a very good slider. He's got a very good curveball. The issue is he throws his sinker at a very similar rate to what Garrett Cole did when Garrett Cole was in Pittsburgh. And he throws his fastball much, like about six inches lower than Garrett Cole. Not six inches. Are you saying it's the Mets don't know how to develop lower. pitching? I, uh, what? Maybe. But but that's just not true. They've had like the. They could develop it. They can't the maintain same, it. It's yeah. It's the same way that the pirates have. Well, like, no, the pirates can't develop anybody. The pi- the pirates have like no. had good pit. They they've quote unquote fixed people, but they only fix them. Who who they fixed? They, no, no, they no, fixed Francis- back in the day. Was fixing they fixed people, Francisco like Liriano by, tra- f- by trade by changing him to a reliever. No, no. Francisco Liriano became the Pittsburgh Pirates' ace for 2013 yeah. and 14, right as Garrett Cole. Mm, no, yeah. that was Volo- Edinson Volquez. Are you serious? Look Edinson up Liriano. Edinson Volquez started the wild card game. I know it was a mistake. Oh, look up Liriano. Look up. But they were both good. The, but and, and he fi- and for I'm the half here- season he was on the team. He also fixed Jay Happ. But I'm here to talk about is Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. So. More than half of Garrett Cole's pitchers this past year were four-seamers, which doesn't surprise me. Garrett Cole is doing the Astros' version of throwing up in the zone. The fastball is up in the zone because it's harder to catch up to heat. Zach Wheeler only went to his about 30% of the time. He also went to his sinker a little under 30% of the time. Do you want to know what the slugging percentages were on his sinker versus his fastball? 200-point difference. It wasn't a 200-point difference, but it was a 120-point difference. Do you want to know the difference between whiff rates? 10%. 8, 8, I was going to say 8%. 27.1% on the four-seam fastball, 15.9% on the sinker. Obviously, yes, he's sinkers aren't... In, sinkers all, are not meant to be swung yeah, on and missed all, unless you're Zach Britton. He's probably thrown in different counts than a fastball, than a straight fastball. No, he's throwing in relatively similar counts. Wheeler is not the type of pitcher who but is here's looking something. for a strikeout every single time he comes up to the plate. But he should be. Garrett Why? Cole wasn't that guy. Remember, Garrett Cole... His strikeouts were like, it was like 7.8 or something his last year that he was in Pittsburgh. And then suddenly, he you turn around and Garrett Cole is the best strikeout pitcher in baseball. And he's the second coming of Pedro Martinez. No one expect people were like, that's the guy who he is out of college. But no one really like, but then he wasn't really showing in the majors after his rookie year. Zach Wheeler throws his fastball 
like half a tick lower than Garrett Cole, maybe even less than that. No, but, they they are probably two of the hardest throwing yeah. starting pitchers in the league. Yeah, exactly. And that Sam knows this better than I do as far as pitching goes. But you have to break like whatchamacallit, have your pitches be different from each other. If you're throwing a sinker, which is in, like, the 93... That's not, that's not entirely true. You want the, your pitches to look exactly the same. You want, Well, t- first of all, tunneling is something which is very important. Yeah. You want your pitches to look exactly the same, but arrive, like, with, like, a 10% miles per hour difference. And that's what the Astros have been... That's what the Astros have been doing with Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. It doesn't, have to, Justin t- it just it doesn't have to be 10, but it has to be a significant it amount. It needs to get to the point where it becomes basically invisible to hitter because he's already decided whether to swing at it. And it has to just deviate from the path. Yeah, well, the but, best but also, the best types of off-speed pitches are the ones that look like a fastball for as long as possible. Yes, I know, tunneling. They, and then but, they but move. There's, the difference between a foul ball and a swing and a miss might be a, few, a couple ticks. And if you're throwing your sinker before you throw your slider versus if you're throwing your uh, four-seam fastball for your slow slider and one of them is four miles per hour faster than the other one, a hitter is more likely to swing and miss on the fastball than he is on the sinker. Because the, the sinker is not meant to be swung and miss. It's supposed. It's literally just going to run down and in. And it's supposed to just yeah, be but a again, but also, It also but, requires you to but throw no, but less four-seam fastballs. And, the four, and when Zach Wheeler's pitching in the 98, 99 miles an hour on his four-seam fastball 24-7, I don't care how good it is. You know how fragile... He has been in the past, and the sinker is a lot less stressful to throw. Actually, than a you're wrong fastball. about that. Really? There have been studies done that sinkers are actually the most stressful pitch to throw. Really? No, that, no. The I can slider, show you. No, the slider is the most. I mean, of all the, of, between cutters, two seamers, four seamers, and sinkers. Really? Yes. Really. You Interesting. You don't change anything. You change the grip and your wrist. You don't change anything with your arm. It, they, they basically it's a study of like pitchers like Brandon Webb. Pitchers like Dallas Keuchel. These are the kind of guys who, for whatever reason, seem to get injured more often. I don't know why exactly it is. I have I can pull up the article and show it to you guys after the pod. It happened to Zach Britton, too. The next tore, one. Yeah. Torres Achilles. But also, here's... Here, yeah. Definitely related to his pitching, though. But here's the other issue with the sinker. Here's why sinkers also haven't been working lately. Because remember, I the difference is not only in the swing and the miss. The difference was also in the slugging percentage. It was 336 on the fastball versus 454 on the sinker. For the way that pitchers are hitting right now is basically they're swinging up. They're they're trying to get a better launch angle. And because they're trying to get a better launch angle, they're hitting the ball further. I mean, maybe if the balls aren't as juiced, then maybe sinkers will become more effective. But that remains to be seen. And right now it seems to be the better thing to do is pump high fastballs. Because that's, yeah, that's what Verlander has been doing, and that's what Cole has been doing, and that's why they've been two of the best pitchers in baseball. But maybe Wheeler doesn't want to do that because he knows well, that... But, no, no, no. Here's, but here, here, well, the question is, why didn't those players switch it before? Because of, because of sort of organizational buy-in. And so that's our... Like, if you've been with a team for that long... The Phillies aren't the Astros. Exactly. That's why this, that's why this is the most interesting signing of the offseason. It's the it, boldest signing of the offseason. It's the most... Straight to a division opponent. Yeah, not only is it bold, because... Yeah. Man, what are the Mets doing? Yeah. Every we, team in their division is doing something except them. I know. Doing something to them. Yeah. Well, again, because this is why. When Verlander went to the Astros, he came from the Tigers in the AL Central. When... What's his name? When Garrett Cole came to the Astros, he came from a different league entirely. This is Zach Wheeler just going Actually, from... Actually, no. Tech, no, they were in the same division. For one year. No, for zero years. For no years. I'm making a joke. The Pirates and the Astros were in the same division. Well, I like, mean, Garrett Cole was... Like, I was I thought you meant like Garrett Cole. Cole came up in 13 and, and the, the Astros, Astros moved in 2012. 
Oh, yeah, that's the 13th. Yeah, that's right. 13 was the year. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that was just a fat joke anyway. But yeah, no, I thought that was the point. But anyway, so that's why this is. The Phillies are basically betting that they are going to that Zach Wheeler is going to be the next Garakul. The it's not surprising. It's not going to happen. Well, this is why it's le- it's also not the reason going, why it's, it's less gonna... likely to happen is because the Phillies don't have the same infrastructure that the Ashers do, and the Phillies yeah, are in the same cheat. division. Uh, I don't think that it was the cheating that was helping Garrett Cole and no, Justin the Verlander. Didn't, the cheating didn't help the pitchers as much as it helped the hitters. It did. I don't know how it could have. Helped I'm just the pitchers. trying. I'm just trying to take a stab at the Houston Astros because yeah, the because Yankees do very, lose a lot to the Houston Astros. No, I, hey, no, like it's, it's not. Ge- right <laughs> no, it's not because it I'm the Houston. It's not because I'm a Yankees fan. It's because the Houston Astros have lost so much validity as an organization for what they did to win the 2017 World Series. I'm not trying to say. I know you're. All know, I'm going to say is the vote. Astros had a better road record that year than a home record. In 17? Yeah. And in 2018. Yeah, that's probably why they started cheating. And you know, no, the entire year. What? They had a better home. They had a better away record in 2018, too. Listen, I'm not trying to say that. Yes, I think I think it made a difference. It definitely made a difference, obviously. It made a huge difference. But also, you can't even There's do a, that in the playoffs. What do you mean? What do you mean you can't do that in the playoffs? No, first of all, no one can hear it. It's the Band-Aid. They had other... They had backups. The ba- I don't buy the Band-Aid. I do. Yeah, like... Sure. There's no way you're going to come up... You're going to concoct a scheme like that and not have backup plans for when it can't... Also, when who wears a work. Band-Aid over a batting glove? I haven't even seen these. Is it one player or is it every player? Wasn't it pitchers in the bullpen wearing Band-Aids to indicate... Like, they would wear stuff of different colors to tell you what pitch is coming? Oh, I thought it would... No, no. Also, no, that should pitcher, be perfectly the pitcher, legal. The pitchers were, were, like, was the, like, hands up or hands down, like, on the railing. If you're watch, If you're, like... Be, if you're able to see what the sign is from the bullpen... Which, from the bullpen? Which you aren't, you aren't, you aren't, you aren't, you aren't. What, did they have, like, a camera feed in the bullpen? Yeah. Well, no, they, had a ca- they had a they, camera they, set up in center field that was pointed perfectly down at the catcher. You could see the signs. Yeah, just like they a normal whole, center field camera. Yeah, except that it was being used yeah. for nefarious purposes. I just don't know how much if it changed that much. And also, it, it's it, and also it's. I mean, you maybe it was to just win the World Series the same year that the cheating happened. Yeah, but the Ashes were still going to be that good regardless because of the collection of talent. And again, the away record is what kind of. I'm not trying to say that they weren't going to be that good, but you, cheating you just, cheating doesn't always help you. Yes, but it it's helped, always wrong. It's always it wrong. Help, but it doesn't always the help. Astros, look at what that. Just look at that ALCS. Look at how badly the Yankees destroyed Houston the three games in New York. The and Astros, look at how vice the exact opposite happened in the four games that were played in Houston. What about the chase rate? There, there's like some crazy stats about the chase rate. That's true. The rate. chase rate, I think, is very interesting. It's so much low. They are so much lower than every other team. In uh, chase but are rate. those just home or are they also no, away? No, it's everything. It doesn't matter. Well, how can you use it away, on the road? You can't set up a no, camera on the road. No, no, no. There's... It doesn't. That's not the point. The point is that their chase rate is, isn't it's, it? Doesn't even follow like the curve of like. That's true. It like just drops down. Yeah, it's like it's a logarithmic kind of deal. It's not, but like it doesn't even follow any trend. The chase rate I thought was very interesting. I'm not gonna lie, but whatever. We're we've talked not enough about the Astros. I think what I am just very intrigued to see is just how well is how just how Zach Wheeler performs next year. I think it's gonna be the most it's the most interesting signing of the offseason. Like you said. It might be the boldest ending of the offseason. I think you might be right about that, although we'll see what what's left. I mean, what if Steven Strasburg gets more money than Garrett Cole? It won't, ha- it won't happen. They're the same agent. Don't even. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what Don't. happens. That 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 take is that take is hot to the point of being. Ridiculous. I don't agree with. Oh, I don't agree with that take. But it's like okay, we, we don't thing. know. At that point, it's not a hot take. It's a cold take because it's just not right. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't know if it's going to be the boldest off se- uh, sending of the offseason, but I'm very intrigued to see what, just how well Zach Wheeler does. All right. This was a good pod. This was very fiery. Yeah. A lot of animosity. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to free agency, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I think that it's a very hot stove this year, which I'm very glad to say. And I can't wait to see how the rest of it turns out. I can't wait to see who Garrett Cole signs with. And I hope Steven Strasburg signs with the Padres. But that's just me. All right. Till That'd next. be nice. Padres are still going to be terrible. Might be good. Padres are the bright future team that we've bet our house on. All right. So until next time, I'm Harrison Friedman. This is Sam Greenman. Daniel Maltz here with me. 